Money FM 89.3, best of prime time. Across the Asia, only on Money FM 89.3. Welcome to Across the ASEAN. We've seen a number of uh, signs that inflationary pressures that have been persistent across the world over the last uh, couple of months has picked up. Thanks in part to the disruptions caused by Russia's invasion of Ukraine, sending crude oil prices, among others, actually rising. And when you think about Southeast Asian economies uh, susceptible to these commodity price swings, the Philippines sometimes comes up to mind as being one that might be more vulnerable than some of their neighbors. How might this actually impact the outlook for Philippine markets and the economy that's preparing to bounce back after being subdued by COVID-19 and the pandemic over the last few years? Well, today on Across the ASEAN, we are pleased to be joined by Rob Ramos, the head of Trust and Investments Group at RCBC. He joins us all the way from Manila to help us uh, parse through what this will actually mean for the outlook for Philippine markets and the economy. Rob, thank you so much for joining us today, and thanks for taking some time out of your schedule this afternoon. Glad to hear you and your loved ones are in good health. Good afternoon, sir. Hope you're having a good uh, Wednesday. Good afternoon, JP. Glad, Glad to be here. All right. So one might argue, as I laid out a while ago, the Philippine economy is the most sensitive in the region to volatile commodity prices or one of the most sensitive in the region. And we have seen the crude oil actually push to recent records in the last few weeks, just going around Manila, for instance, I'm a little surprised to see diesel and uh, and uh, unleaded above 70 pesos a liter at the moment. But how has the volatility impacted the economy and cost of living in recent weeks ever since we started to things ratchet up, ratchet up since the end of February? I think a lot of us are impacted, uh, unlike the, our other neighbors who are oil producing countries, case in point, Malaysia, they're not as affected and the higher oil prices might benefit them to a certain extent. For countries such as ours that are oil importing, obviously that would impact cost of living. Uh, number one, oil le- increase in prices in oil leads to increase in transport costs. And from there, a lot of, it's a domino effect. You know, if we want to buy and sell goods, we need transportation. So you can think about that. Prices, because of increase in transportation costs, continue to increase. I, I felt that uh, buying gas to get to work is one. And I've noticed, you know, if you're buying food at, you know, maybe from fast food or just your, you know, just going to a restaurant, prices have increased definitely. And I'm sure the everyman, feel, the everyman feels it, but at least to a certain extent. Uh, if this continues, I, I, I wouldn't hesitate to say that you know, prices will continue to be moving on the uptrend. And I, I, would, I, would, I suspect, like most of the other countries, that this is a result of the Russia-Ukraine war. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think uh, first off, I'd like to ask about whether or not the Banco Central ng Pilipinas or the Central Bank in the Philippines has responded to some of these price pressures. Now, in the past, they've repeated that they are ready and alert to tackling rising inflation if the need arises. But some actually th- don't think that the PSP is going to really act in earnest until the second half. Um, Talk to us about what the BSP's attitude has been so far to these rising price pressures, and if uh, they are at least uh, keeping a bit more of an even keel stance and waiting until the last six months to perhaps uh, pull any triggers to try and rein these in. Actually, they, they have indicated that they are willing to um, move ahead should there be a need. They do understand that the Russia-Ukraine war has caused some volatility and has pushed uh, more infl- inflationary pressures our way. Uh, they have indicated that they are willing to move ahead and maybe uh, make some moves uh, during the first half. Of course, they've always stated that they would be data dependent. 
So your guess is as good as mine what they would do and when they would do it. But I, but if there is a need, I don't see them hesitating to pull the trigger. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, th- uh, staying with inflation now, and these inflationary pressures in the Philippines may have two crucial knock-on effects, Rob, right? On one hand, you have it possibly eroding consumer sentiment even further, and that's been highlighted as being rather important for the economic growth dynamics of the Philippines. On the other hand, this could also erode margins for businesses large and small, listed and also tightly held. Um, which do you think might be the more worrisome risk or, or risk feeding into the economy, in your opinion? Do you think it's going to be consumer Consumer sentiment is going to be more worrisome, or the fact that we might see earnings erode even further when the next season rolls around? I believe it's consumer sentiment because everything emanates from there. If the consumers start getting worried, then they won't spend. Then they'd rather save than you know spend on buying food, spend on buying other consumable goods, and hold back rather than invest. And if that happens, you know these SMEs, these even these big companies won't have as much profits. And then, then it becomes a domino effect. You know, mm-hmm. Profits go down because people are holding back. And then it becomes a vicious cycle. So the consumer has to be at least comfortable spending mm-hmm. rather than saving. Right. Um, and I think the other question too here is, um, what is the ability of uh, companies perhaps pass on some of these price increases to the average consumer? And it's a very, I, I hate to say it, it does sound a bit heartless, right? Talking about passing on prices to consumers that have already been through so much over the last few years, counting the COVID-19 pandemic. But based on what you're seeing in the markets right now, is there a concern that that, uh, margins won't be protected for the most part and and, uh, companies might have to eat at least some of this uh, this margin erosion to maintain prices and make sure the consumer sentiment isn't dented as, as badly as you mentioned? I think the companies will always be at risk if they want to pass on uh, some of the costs to their consumers, then revenue may not be as high. The profit margins might be maintained, but the re- but revenues or sales will not be as high. So it's it's a it's definitely a balancing act. And as I said, if consumers see prices of goods uh, being higher than normal, a lot of people just might decide to wait it out before their next purchase. Of course, you know the discretionary goods, the food they have to spend now. And they'd rather spend on that rather than pay, you know, rather than buying clothes or books or things that they can wait on. Uh, if that's the case, consumers will probably hang on to their pesos and say, "Okay, I, I, I can, I can wait another day before I spend." And that's going to be the effect if prices continue to, if uh, companies pass on their costs to the consumer. Mm-hmm. We're still speaking to Rob Ramos, the head of Trust Investments Group at RCBC here and across the Asia, and we're talking about the impact of inflation on the Philippine economy. I want to use that point, Rob, to transition now towards the prospect of tighter policy from the U.S. Federal Reserve, as if we've had enough to deal with, right, with regards to volatile commodity prices, an economy is trying to recover from COVID-19. We've seen this push rates higher, and that could also mean outflows, though, from emerging markets like the Philippines, as we've seen in, on more than one occasion in the past. Uh, based on what you're seeing right now, are there we seeing signs of that possibly happening in the Philippines at the moment, that outflows are starting to get a bit nervous, perhaps, and maybe funds are contemplating starting to flow out? Not yet. Because of course, okay. take a look. It's, it's, um, it's March, April. So it's the season where there's a lot of inflows coming into the country. Uh, probably some remittances to pay for tuitions of you know, the relatives of some uh, offshore foreign workers. That's why you probably see a lot of uh, investments coming in. But after this season, 
and assuming that real interest rates outside the country increase and our interest our real interest rates remain low it would be logical that funds would move out because they have a better chance of making money if they move out of the country so if uh, if the us increases rates yes definitely we will have pressure to increase our rates as well or else funds will be moving to countries that have higher real interest rates Indeed, a worry there, actually. But uh, there is still hope, though, Rob, right, that the economy could bounce back as recent COVID-19 restriction ease. I think in recent times, we've seen signs of manufacturing starting to pick up again. And by the way, it's also an election year. Of course, I don't have to tell you that since you do live here in Manila. Um, Is there room for hope that Philippine markets can actually bounce back? And is there actually room to be a bit optimistic despite some of these risks that we've just outlined? Well, there's always hope. Um, I think the demographics... Lend for the hope in the Philippines. You have a grow, you have a young population, a young and growing population that is um, getting richer, being able to, you know, they have, that has more income. So the assumption, the only I was projecting maybe roughly seven thousand eight hundred for the for the Philippine Stock Exchange Index by the end of the year. Some mm-hmm. of my counterpart analysts were even looking at eight thousand, eight thousand two, or eight thousand two hundred. Uh, the main reason that we've you know, remained at the 6, 8, 7,000 level is because of the Omicron variant. And at the same time, you know, after, post the Omicron variant, you have the Russia-Ukraine war. Assuming those things are managed, assuming that, you know, uh, peace prevails in Russia and Ukraine and there are no further surges, I believe that, you know, there is a possibility. Uh, firms have started to, with the reopening of the economy, firms have started to make their money back. I see the property sector starting to come alive again, with people being more comfortable to go to the malls, people buying, continuing to buy property, and people consuming. So yes, um, everything equal. Seven eight is a possibility, maybe even an eight thousand level in the Philippine Stock Exchange Index. Are there any possible sectors that can lead the charge towards seven thousand eight hundred? If you are correct on that estimate, Rob. Oh yeah, I. Uh, I think one of the things that really fell behind previously during the pandemic was the property sector. Of course, uh, especially the biggest property names uh, had malls. So mall income dipped because people were very, very cautious of you know, going outside their homes. Uh, now, with the economy reopening, you, know, you just you don't really l- need to look at the numbers. You just go outside and you see how many people are back in the malls, uh, buying, consuming. That's one. And of course, you know, these... Uh, these uh, consumer stocks, I think people now are uh, more willing to spend on these con- uh, cons- uh, consumer items. So I think those two in particular will lead the charge. All right. Rob Aramas, Head of Trust Investments Group at RCBC, thank you so much for joining us today on Across the ASEAN and laying out your outlook for the uh, Philippine markets and the economy is despite these rising inflationary pressures and possible upward rate rises we're seeing in the in the environment as always i wish you and your loved ones continued health and safety during these times you look forward next time you can join us in the show meanwhile do stay safe sir and we uh look forward to hearing from you again hope you have a great week ahead sir same to you jp have a good day before acting on the information on money fm please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives financial situation and risk tolerance to listen to more great interviews download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app, that's A-W-E-D-I-O, available on Google Play or the App Store.